Today we uh, start with uh, frequency responses. That's another view on the system. We have seen the view in the, uh, the S-domain and, and seen how, how the relation is between the location of the poles and the zeros and, uh, and time responses. Now we are going to consider a frequency responder, which is another way of, of looking at the system, but also another powerful design method and which gives insight about the uh, characteristics uh, of the system. So we have seen already the, that there is a relation between the, the pole location and the, uh, the HS. And in fact, uh, when we replace S by alpha plus J omega, and when we consider frequency responses, we suppose that we only consider the uh, behavior as a function of omega, so alpha is zero. So we consider HJ uh, omega. In fact, it's a simple substitution and all the rules, the, the graphical rules we used last time can be used now again to derive frequency responses from poles and zeros. So the first step we will do is uh, to consider the relation between S and J omega. There are various ways to represent uh, such a characteristic. It can be done with a Nyquist plot, which uses uh, polar coordinates. It can be done with Bode plot on logarithmic scales, and it can be done with a Nichols plot, which is also a kind of logarithmic plot. The last two, especially, are useful for uh, for design purposes. The, the, the Nyquist plot is more of an educational use. You can quickly show certain behavior, but if you want to do real some computations, the Nyquist plot is not very suitable because of the linear scales. Okay, again, we start with a very simple example, eh? a transfer function k prime over s plus a. And when we draw that in the s-plane, we have seen already that uh, if we want to know the, uh, the values of uh, h, j omega here on the j omega axis, mm -hmm. we just can draw a few factors and we will do that uh, here. So we start for omega is zero. Mm -hmm. Then the, uh, the modulus of the factor is in this case a divided by a because we have a, a k prime of a and this distance is uh, is also a but because it's a pole the, it's one over a so we, here we have a divided by a and the argument is uh, zero degrees if we compute this for omega is uh, j a then the uh, length of the factor is uh, a square root two so a divided by a square root 2 is a divided square root 2 or one half square root 2. And the uh, argument is minus pi over 4, hmm? minus because of a pole. Hmm? So th th this angle is 45 degrees, hmm? yes. but because it's a pole, it's a, a zero, a, a negative sign. Hmm? Okay. So, so it's... It gives a lag. A pole always, if you have a step input on, on, on this transfer function, the, you have a lag in, in the response. Yeah, okay. So, so that's, it, it lags behind. Okay, yeah. Well, and then when we go to infinity, the modulus of A becomes also infinity, so divided by infinity, this gives zero, and the angle goes to minus pi over two. Yeah. And of course, the, the opposite for a zero. Hmm? Yeah. 
So I have uh, repeated these values here and now we draw the Nyquist plot, which means that we plot the modulus and the argument in the uh, imaginary uh, plane. Uh, real axis and imaginary axis, so we can also say we plot the uh, the real and the uh, imaginary uh, part of the uh, transfer function. And, but this is most easily done in the form of modulus and argument in this case. So we start with a modulus 1 and the argument 0. Mm -hmm. Then we have a modulus uh, 1 over square root 2 and an argument minus pi over 4. Hmm? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's here, hmm? anywhere. And then finally, the argument, the, the modulus is zero, and the argument is minus pi over two. So this goes like this to the uh, origin. Hmm? Yes. Well, in the sim this simple case, you can even compute that it's a pure circle. So these are the different points for omega zero, omega goes to infinity. So there's an omega scale along the uh, the, the figure. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And so you have to, to add this omega scale. And in fact, always these figures go from zero to infinity and you turn, you have a, a right turn. Hmm? Oh, yeah. If you go to neg negative frequencies, you go left. But you could also say when I start at minus omega, for omega is minus infinity, hmm. you have the other part of the circle. Hmm? Yeah. So this is called the Nyquist diagram or a polar plot. Hmm? So we now consider the, uh, an in pure integrator, which is a pole in the origin. In that case, the, uh, the argument is uh, minus pi over 2 in all cases. Hmm? And the modulus uh, goes from uh, infinity towards 1, in this case, towards uh, 0. Hmm? And so with a few points, you can already draw the diagram quite a bit. So in this case, it starts at uh, minus here along the imaginary negative imaginary axis in minus infinity, and it goes to uh, to zero. Yeah. The body plot is also uh, very simple. For the uh, we consider now the integrator. Yeah? So in this case, we uh, we have for omega is equal to a, we have the value 1, and the argument is uh, minus pi over 2. Uh, it's for all the, the frequencies, also for omega goes to infinity, it's minus pi over 2. And for omega is 0, it's not here. Yeah? So because this is a logarithmic scale, here we plot omega on a logarithmic scale. So this is, uh, for instance, 10. One one tenth one hundredth. Hmm? Okay. So there's not there's not zero here. Yeah, hmm? okay. And the uh, the modulus uh, is a straight line with a slope of minus twenty dB per decade or minus six dB per octave. Hmm? Yeah. So if you double the frequency, uh, the uh, the modulus is two times smaller. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And the dB scale. And that's a, a logarithmic scale, so it, in fact it, it's a linear scale here, but dB is a logarithmic quantity, yeah? so it's the uh, the 20 times the 10 log. Mm -hmm. Well, for instance, if you have a factor 10, 10 log 10 is 1, yeah. so if it's 10 times uh, smaller, we have a ma minus 20 dB. Yes. 
so you, you know the DBE scale. Yeah? Well, this is the basis for, for other body plots as well. And the advantage of the, the body plot is that because of these logarithmic uh, quantities, uh, you can add transfer functions rather than, than that you have to multiply. Yeah? Because the, the, mm -hmm. the logarithms add to each other. In, in the case of a multiplication. Yes. So now we do the Bode plot of A over J omega plus A, so the, the, the pole in minus A. Then we could say the following. If omega is smaller than A, we say that we just uh, disregard uh, this term, so we have A over A. So we say, well, this is very small, so it must be A over A, so there's one. Yeah. So this is omega has A, so at the left of omega has A, we say it's just one. Mm -hmm. If omega is greater than A, we do the opposite and say, well, in that case, A is very small, yeah. so we have A over J omega, yes. which was the transfer function of an integrator. Yeah. And we have seen that before, so we use just this part of the uh, integrator yeah. characteristic and we say, well, the argument is then minus pi over 2. And we know that exactly in the middle, we have here the minus 45 degrees. So this is already a very good approximation. The modulus approximation is really very accurate. It's only a very small error we make. Here we have to do something extra in order to draw a more realistic characteristic. So we will see that here. This is again what we just saw, and if you compute the real characteristic, this is the purple one, the error you make here, except where the error is maximum, eh? for omega has a you have a maximum error, is just minus 3 dB. Okay. So this is small, eh? if you draw the logarithmic characteristic, you can quite easily draw the real characteristic as well. If you draw the real phase characteristic, it's different, so this point is exact. Here it's never exact because it asymptotically goes to 0 and minus uh, 90 degrees. But as a rule of thumb, you could say that if we just take the points here, 5a and a divided by 5, okay. yeah, then you can make a better uh, asymptotic approximation. And then the maximum error you make here is 11 degrees. Hmm? So this is an easy way to draw these characteristics without using any computer. And then Nick Nichols diagram, it has some properties of the, uh, the polar plot. For instance, that the omega scale is along the characteristic. The argument starts at uh, zero degrees and then it goes, so, so for, for omega is, is zero, the, uh, the modulus is one, so zero dB. And then it goes to minus infinity for minus pi over 2. So again, here the omega scale is in that direction. Hmm? Yeah. But we cannot do exactly. No, no the, the, the scale is not alongside the characteristic. Eh? So, so you, you, you know that this must be uh, omega is A eh? in, yeah. in this case. Eh? Okay. Because we have here the minus 3 dB. But you can't easily read it. On the other hand, this characteristic, if you know how to reshape this characteristic, it, it, it's used for, for design purposes. Okay. Although we will not use it very much in this course. We, we concentrate on the polar plots, the, Ni the Nyquist plots, for, uh, well, to, to show certain behavior. Yeah. 
and body plots for real design. Okay. Okay, so we can demonstrate that, the different characteristics also by using the linear system editor in, uh, in 20SIM. In this case, we have a system with uh, pole and minus one. And here we have all the, uh, the, the plots we have seen before. Eh? So we can look at the time response. We can look at the uh, pole zero plot. We have seen that already before. We can look at the Nyquist plot, which is the circle as promised. Hmm? Yeah. And we can look at the Bode plot drawn here. And finally, we can look at the Nichols plot, which is also what we just saw. Okay, what we could do now is uh, change the uh, we keep the system gain constant mm -hmm. and now we change the location of the the pole eh? so the pole is in minus one we let it move now to minus two etc hmm? so the system will become faster what happens oh well, let me go back and first freeze the uh, old response otherwise we see nothing so i now freeze the responses hmm? yeah. and now i can see what uh, what's the difference Here I see a difference, so because the system becomes faster, the attenuation of the modulus starts at higher frequencies, so that means that more high frequencies are left through the system, so the response becomes quicker. And of course the phase always follows the amplitude, it's a very clear relation. Here we see nothing. And the reason is, that what changes here is just the omega scale. If we just compress this characteristic a bit, we, we also would have the same characteristic. Eh? So the yeah. relation, eh, for instance, for the 45 degrees is now for another omega, yeah. but the characteristic remains the same, and the same holds for the Nichols plot. That's true. So we can go back now to the situation that we have... Uh, the pole in... Uh, in minus one. Mm -hmm. Now we are going to change the system gain. Yeah. So we increase the system gain by a factor two. So now all the okay. characteristics change. We see that the phase characteristic of the body plot doesn't change. Mm -hmm. The modulus is just moving higher. It's moving up because, well, just the, uh, the amplitude changes and the phase behaves, remains the same because the pole remains at the same location. And the Nyquist plot also just blows up. So in this case, we can easily see that for low frequencies, the gain is 3, which is the system gain here. Mm -hmm. And in the original case, the gain was 1. Okay. So for omega 0, we just have a real gain 1. And the Nichols plot also, well, this changed the scale here, things zoom normal. It also is moved up. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
if we, uh, we, we can make a kind of model of the relation between the S-plane and the uh, frequency uh, plot, when we consider the S-plane as a large rubber membrane, and we use uh, needles at a location of the poles under the membrane. So when we have poles at certain locations, we put a needle there, so we get a f the membrane is uh, tilted up, and so we get a very high, very high peak, infinitely high peak. Hmm? Yeah. We can use uh, push pins at the zeros to, to push the membrane uh, at the zero position, and we also push use push pins at infinity uh, to yeah. fix the, the, the membrane to the table. And then you get a kind of circus tent. Hmm? Okay. And H J omega is then the crosscut through the membrane at the J omega axis. Hmm? So you could imagine that if you uh, you have this plane here and put needles under the poles, and you cut the uh, the surface uh, here at the J omega axis, you have a diagram like this. Yes. This is a linear diagram. So normally in, in body plots we consider uh, logarithmic scales, mm -hmm. but this is the body plot that belongs to this situation. And, and of course here we also see the negative frequencies here because this is the negative j omega axis. So if we just consider the positive part here, and then use logarithmic scales so the, the differences become smaller, we get this uh, this type of behavior. Hmm? Okay. Of course we don't see the the, the face here. Hmm? But we see the uh, the modulus. Well, this is the uh, besides uh, first order transfer functions. We have of course second order transfer functions, and then if the poles become complex, we also have this always have this overshoot in the frequency domain at the, at the resonance frequency. We come back to that later on. So we now consider all the basic elements of we can have in. Uh, in systems, so the first basic element we have seen already, already that's the uh, j omega, the or one over j omega, the integrator. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So one over j omega was a straight line which crosses the zero dB uh, axis, zero dB line for omega is one in this case, yeah. and we have a phase of minus pi over two. Of course, when we invert the characteristic and we make a zero hj omega is j omega, everything uh, is mirrored with respect to the uh, horizontal axis. So we have a phase of plus pi over 2, and the uh, modulus increases for higher frequencies. Now this one we have seen already as well. Hmm? So it has a bending here at the, for omega is a, mm -hmm. and we have the asymptotic characteristic uh, which starts at a divided by 5 and ends at a times 5. And here exactly in the middle we have the 45 degrees uh, phase lag. And of course we can infer this as well. And this is uh, 0 in omega is minus a. In uh, S is minus a. We can also have a pole and zero in the uh, the right half plane. Uh, if you have a pole in the right half plane, the system is unstable. So as such, it's not very interesting. A zero can happen more often, and we get a kind of a so-called non-minimum phase system. We have seen that already in the step responders. So here we consider h j omega is minus j omega plus a. In that case. We have the modulus going up, yeah. which you would expect for a zero. 
and in this case for omega is zero, the argument is zero. This is uh, ha omega is a, argument is zero, and for omega goes to infinity, the argument goes to minus j omega, uh, the, minus pi over 2, and the transfer function goes to minus j omega, so the argument goes to minus pi over 2. So the phase characteristic here is the phase characteristic of a pole. Yeah. And the modulus is the characteristic of a zero. So this is a very tricky situation in, in uh, control systems because you have phase lag, and phase lag is a cause of instability, and also a, a higher gain is a cause of instability, and here, here you have the two together. So this is a, a bad situation. In fact, a zero in the right half plane is just as bad as, uh, as a pole in the right half plane. Well, then finally, the second order basic elements. I have plotted here the Bowder plot for various uh, values of the, the damping ratio. So for a damping ratio 1, we start with two real poles on the two poles on the real axis. And so we have here minus 6 dB error and we have a phase here of minus 90 degree, 2 times 45. And when we move the poles into the complex plane, so we decrease the damping ratio, which goes to, to 0 at the end. Well, for the damping ratio 0, this peak is infinitely high. And the phase suddenly goes from zero to mm -hmm. minus pi of uh, minus pi. Yeah. Well, it's a good exercise to to consider this situation on this with using poles and then making the, the the plot. You will see if you just pass the poles, the the phase suddenly moves from zero to uh, minus pi oh, over two. Hmm? Okay. So these are the extreme situations, and the others are just in between. Hmm? Well, as I said, uh, one of the advantages of using body plots is that you can easily combine uh, transfer functions. If you multiply two transfer functions, it's adding in the uh, frequency domain in, in the body plot. So in this case, we have a, a system with a pole in minus a and a zero in minus b. So we can draw the uh, body plot of the pole. Here we can draw the body plot of the zero yeah. and then we just add this uh, the, the asymptotes so here mm -hmm. first we follow the the pole and then when the zero adds we go horizontal again well this is slightly more complex but not very much and then it's it's quite easy to uh, to draw the uh, to, to approximate the real characteristic by drawing a smooth line through along these uh, asymptotes. Such a network is uh, used quite often. It's called a lag network. That means it gives for a certain frequency band some phase lag yeah. and attenuation of the modulus. So if you want attenuation of higher frequencies, you can do that with a lag network, but you have to be careful because here you have uh, also a negative argument. Of course, we can uh, change, uh, instead of using A smaller than B, we can use B smaller than A. If we do that, we get the pole, we get the zero. And in this case, we amplify the higher frequencies, but we also have uh, a positive uh, 
an, an area where the phase is, is positive, so that could help to uh, to compensate for the bad effects of uh, phase lag in, in certain systems. Okay. This network, because it gives phase lead, it's called a lead network. So here we have the relation between S and J omega. We often do that with polar plots because from a polar plot you can easily see what, what happens. So we have seen this uh, this half circle for the case of first order system. In this case, could you see what kind of network this would be? It's a lag. It's a lag network because it, uh, it the phase lags behind and for omega goes to infinity. The uh, amplitude is not zero, but there is a certain value, so there is an attenuation of higher frequencies. So we have a pole more close to the origin than the zero. Yeah. On the other hand, if we invert this and we have a phase lead, we start with uh, a lower gain for high frequencies. We have a higher gain. Is this situation? Yeah. Well. Then the question is, what is the uh, polar plot, the Nyquist plot of this uh, pole zero configuration? So we start with a pure integrator, hmm, mm -hmm. which has minus 90 degrees for omega zero. And then at the end, we have two poles, so we end with minus 180 degrees. Hmm. And when you make proper computations, you get a characteristic like this. So for omega zero, we have a phase of minus pi over two. Mm -hmm. You probably would expect something like this. Yeah? So starting here along the axis. Oh, okay. I have not. A, I don't have the, the, the plot here, but uh, that uh, that could be expected. Let me try to to draw that. So you could expect something like uh, like this. Hmm? And you see that in all the books, but if you, for such a simple system, you can compute that uh, analytically. And that means that, uh, that you see that it's just an asymptote here. It asymptotically goes to minus 90 degrees, hmm? yeah. but there's always a, a little bit less. So on this linear scale, you, you have this behavior. Hmm? Yeah. Well, in case we have a, a combination of uh, a pole and a, and a zero, we start, of course, with the minus 90 degrees, but then the zero gives positive uh, phase contribution, and at the end, for omega zero, the phase is, uh, is zero again. Yeah. And there is a certain amplitude left, because at the end, these factors are, for omega goes to infinity, these factors are of equal length. Eh? So it starts at a value, it ends at a value one. Eh? There is no further gain in the system. Okay, this is a third order system with a pole in the origin. So again, it will start with uh, minus 90 degrees to start with. And then we have one more pole and one more pole. So we end with 270 degrees phase lag. Hmm? Mm -hmm. So some, oh, no, no sorry, this, these are two poles in the origin. Hmm? So I, uh, okay. I mentioned it two times here. So okay. two poles in the origin. So we start with minus 180 degrees. And then finally we end with... Uh, Minus 270 degrees. Same situation, but now with a zero. Then it c 
comes here from the other end and we end with minus 180 plus 90, so minus 90 degrees. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Most people find this uh, rather difficult, eh? that is, this transformations. It, it, it's very simple and mostly this is more easy than the other way around. Eh? If, you, if you have this and the question is how looks this, looks this, then it's more difficult than to do it from poles and zeros to frequency plots. Yeah. Well, before going to another demo, uh, frequency plots are also very useful in practice because these are characteristics you can measure. Eh? So uh, there is equipment where you can measure a body plot, for instance. So if you have a sinusoidal input signal to a certain uh, dynamical system and you measure the output, you can see how much attenuation there is and what's the phase lag. Okay. And if you do that with a proper device, and certainly for electronic uh, circuits, you can do that quite rapidly. If you have a real big system, for instance, an, an airplane or, or a ship, mm -hmm. where you would do f frequency measurements, then for very low frequencies, which are important for the the frequency characteristic, it takes a very long time. But if you have such a measured frequency response, you can try to approximate that by, uh, by the asymptotes. And from the asymptotes, you can easily derive the transfer function. So it's a way of identifying a system. Okay. So then a few demos for the lag network and the lead network. We have uh, seen that already. Let's see. So in this case, we have a network with a pole in minus 0.1 and a zero in minus one. And we can look at the pole zero plot. Uh, the body plot, here we see from zero to minus 20 dB because we have a factor 10 between the pole and the zero. And the, uh, the phase in that case goes to, uh, well, say, minus 55 degrees eh, at the maximum. Yeah. Nyquist starts at 1, ends at 1 tenth, and Nichols starts here and goes to minus 20 dB with a maximum phase lag of, say, minus 55 degrees. Eh? And the step response is also interesting. And it's the system that starts at point 0.1 and ends at 1. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Now we, uh, we change the, uh, the, the, the pole to minus 10. Apply. So now we have a, a lead network. Hmm? So I should have kept the system gain the same. I have now changed the system gain. Let's make that one again, apply. Okay, then we start with, uh, with the value 10 and end with the value 1 in the time domain. In the Nyquist plot, we start with the value 1, end with the value 10 for higher frequencies. Here we see also that there is a phase lead and an amplification of 20 dB yeah. and the same for the Body plot, where is it? Plus 55 degrees phase lead and 20 dB gain for higher frequencies.
as I said, when I have a measurement of a body plot, and normally there is always some noise on the measurement, so it's never so ideal as, as this one, you could try to uh, to identify the, the system properties from this uh, this body plot. So we clearly see that this seems to, well, there's a minus 90 degrees phase lag here, and this is almost straight line, but the, the phase helps you to distinguish that there is must be a, a pole or at least a very low frequency pole near the origin, a pole in the origin or a very low frequency pole near the origin. So that uh, suggests that this is one of the basic factors. If we go to minus 270 degrees, so we must have in total three poles, at least three poles more than zeros. You can also have uh, 10 poles and seven zeros, but then netto it's uh, three poles. Yeah? Yeah. So you could draw this uh, this line, this is almost a straight line. Yeah. And then the, the f looking at more exactly to the faces, uh, to the face helps you to, to, to consider where the, the third pole should be. Well, in this case, uh, you see that, that here the uh, minus 180 is exactly uh, here in, in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it suggests that, uh, that there must be here at omega is 1 and omega is 10, then there must be uh, bending points. So that gives this transfer function. Hmm? Okay. And the, uh, the gain is 10 here, so this is the root locus gain, but because of the pole in minus 10, the gain of this part is, uh, is 1. Hmm? So we have a total gain of 10, and that can be seen from this characteristic. And so the, uh, the, the integrator part of the system crosses the uh, omega for omega is 1, it, it has a value of 20 dB. So that uh, that helps you to distinguish, to, to, to determine that there is a gain of 10. Okay. And in fact, this, if, if you can have such, a, such an analysis, this is a rather good analysis to determine the properties of a system. Okay, now about stability. We are going to consider again uh, a feedback system. In this case, we have a feedback system with just a transfer function HL represented in this case by the frequency characteristic. And the system is on the border of instability when the modulus of HL J omega is equal to 1 and the argument is minus pi. Or we could say that when HL J omega can be written as 1 times 8 to the power minus J pi. So here we have a first order system. We draw the Nyquist plot. And this is a circle with radius 1. Yeah. So the modulus 1, for, for modulus 1, the system must cross this circle. Well, the modulus is only 1 for omega 0. It's not the case that omega is minus pi, which is here. So this point is not on the Nyquist plot. So a first order system cannot be made unstable. Yeah. We knew that already. So if there would be a crossing here, the system would be on the border of instability. Mm -hmm. Second order system, well, same story, even if we blow this up, eh, it always goes like this. Eh? Yeah. This point is never reached. The second order system can be close to instability. It can be a very oscillatory system, mm -hmm. but it will never be unstable. Eh? 
So if you zoom in, it always stays away from minus one. Yeah. Well, in a third order system, we can have a situation of instability. So this is again the circle with radius one. When we zoom in, we can see that this system on certain occasions can exactly intersect with the point minus one and thus it would be on the border of instability. And we have computed this already in the S-plane. Have we know that for a gain 11, we computed that in the former lecture, for a gain of 11, the system indeed reaches the border of instability. And note that these are all open loop plots. Eh? So we plot the open loop system and then we can draw conclusions about the stability of the closed loop system from the open loop uh, characteristic. So this is uh, the root locus, well, if the numbering is still okay from sheet 34 of the last lecture. Hmm? Okay, now we have a characteristic like this. Is this system, when uh, used in a closed loop, is it stable or not unstable? Well, we see that minus one is inside uh, the, the, the figure here. It, it's not on the intersecting. Well, you, you can do a lot of uh, of theory on, on this topic, but to make things simple, I just give the result here. In order to determine of the, if the system is uh, unstable, we draw the Nyquist plot for positive frequencies. Mm -hmm. Then we mirror the plot with respect to the real axis, so we continue for the negative frequencies. So here we start with omega zero, go to omega infinity, and then from omega infinity we go to minus infinity and continue until we reach zero again. Then we shade the area at the right of the curve and we go from zero to infinity. So we, we go here, we, we shade everything at the right. And when the point minus one is in the shaded area, the closed loop system will be unstable. So in this case, this is the open loop situation. If we take this system as HL in a closed loop system, the system will be unstable. And this helps you for figures like this, which is called a conditionally stable system. Is this system stable or unstable? Well, it's not so easy, but if you mirror the system and do the shading, you will see that for this situation, the point minus one is not in the shaded area, so the system is stable. If we increase the gain, that means that this figure blows up, yeah. then it's becoming unstable. If we decrease the gain, which means that it shrinks, then also minus one is in the uh, shaded area. So also then the system is unstable. So for a certain frequency range, the system is unstable. Uh, for, for a certain gain, the system is unstable. If you increase the gain, the system becomes stable. And if you increase the gain further, the system becomes unstable again. And well, it's, it's interesting to, uh, to to try to find a pole zero uh, situation for this uh, this case, and then draw the root locus. That will help you to better understand what's the case here. Well, try it yourself. If you don't find it, uh, we talk about that next time. Okay. This is very important. It's easily forgotten. If you use these uh, frequency characteristics to determine the stability of the closed loop system, 
then the stability of the closed loop system depends on the fact whether the Nyquist plot of the open system encircles minus 1. If the Nyquist plot of the closed loop system encircles minus 1, this tells nothing about the stability of the system. Yeah. Well, this was the exercise I just mentioned. Eh? Find the poles and zeros and draw the root locus. Eh? That will give you a little bit more insight in what's happening here. Well, whether the system is stable or unstable is an important uh, question, but well, we are seldom interested in designing systems which are on the border of instability. So mostly we want to have a certain margin. And you can have a margin in the gain and a margin in the phase. So in this case, this Nyquist plot indicates that we have a margin of a factor 2 before the system will become unstable. So this is 0.5. If we add a gain of 2, then the system will be on the border of instability. So we can say that we have a gain margin then of a factor 2 or 6 dB. Uh, the phase margin is the extra phase you can add before the system would reach the border of instability. So here we draw this circle with radius 1. Mm -hmm. So in this case, this modulus is 1. If we would add phi degrees of extra phase lag, then the system would be unstable. So we, say, we could say in this case we have a margin of phi degrees. You can find the same in the Bode plot. So in this case, the Bode plot crosses the uh, the 0 dB here. In that case, we have a phase indicated here. So this is the phase margin. The phase crosses the uh, minus pi value here. So we have here the gain margin. And 20 sim allows you to, to plot the, the gain and phase margin as well. So the gain margin determines how much the gains may vary before the system becomes unstable. And the phase margin influences the transient behavior, damping ratio, overshoot. If we have a, a small gain margin, it's, it's dangerous. If we have a small phase margin, we have a, a low damping ratio and, and a lot of overshoot. So the phase margin is... Uh, at least as much important uh, as the, the gain margin. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for a second order system, we have a simple rule of thumb that we could say that the, uh, the phase margin in degrees divided by 100 is equal to the uh, damping ratio in the, uh, which we used in the S-plane. Mm -hmm. Well, finally, uh, the margins in the Nichols plot. Here the 0 dB crossing the phase margin is here, mm -hmm. and the gain margin is here. Yeah. Okay, what you could do is, uh, for instance, take a third order system mm -hmm. and then investigate the, uh, bring that in, in a closed loop and investigate the influ influence of gain and phase margins on the step response of the closed loop system for various uh, second and third order systems. Mm -hmm. And finally, uh, the S-plane, there is a real axis and an imaginary axis. And, uh, but along the imaginary axis, you have J omega. 
and a real part alpha. The complex plane just uses uh, a real and imaginary axis. Hmm? So the real part, imaginary part of the, uh, the transfer function. So these are different figures and they should not uh, be mixed. Uh, so here we, we, we have the, the, the poles and zeros and here we have a, a frequency plot. Hmm? 